Hi, everybody. We want to welcome you once again to our service. What a wonderful, wonderful few moments. Just we call it few moments. We've just been spending in his presence. And uh, his name is Jesus. And because of Jesus, we are here. Because of his risen power, we are here. Because of his salvation and the hope that he gives us, we are here. We are alive. And we have a destiny. Isn't that amazing? And that is what I want to leave with us here this morning. If you don't remember anything else, you have a destiny. No matter what what has been happening in your life. And may you be blessed this morning. And I want to leave a verse with you, and I'm going to read it. I'm going to actually refer to it even in the sermon later. But Isaiah 49, we often go to verse 15, but Isaiah 49, verse 1, the B part of it, the last part of it, it says there, Before I was born, the Lord called me. But then it goes further. From my birth, he has made mention of my name. From my birth, he has made mention of my name. Even before I was born, he already had a destiny for me and for you and for each one of us here. And we thank the Lord for that. And with that in mind, we want to just welcome one and all. And may you just be blessed in the presence of the Lord. And may you just be continuously minister to and allow the Lord to take his rightful place in your lives. If, you are fa- if you're here for the first time, we just want to welcome you. If, you, if, you. if you're visiting, we want to welcome you this morning and just be blessed this morning as we fellowship together. But this morning we're still busy in the book of Colossians and let's go to Colossians. It's against the tide. Can you remember that? That's our theme, eh? in the book of Colossians, going against the tide. And today we, we're making a statement. It's very easy to talk the talk, but can you walk the walk? <laughs> oh, powerful statement that. Eh? It's very easy to talk the talk. Many people talk the talk. They can talk it well, but we don't see evidence in their lives at all. Isn't it true? That before we do anything else in Let's just pray together and then begin to read the Word of God together. Let's pray together. Father, thank you for your Word and thank you for your presence here with us. Thank you for the time of worship this morning. Thank you, Lord, that this entire service is a service of worship. We start with you. We end with you. You are the most important one here today and always in our lives. Now, Father, this morning as we look to you, we pray and ask that you will bless us and bless our people, especially those who are in need of a touch. We pray that you will be with them in a special way today. Lord, we've had some of our names mentioned earlier, and we pray for each one of those names uh, that were mentioned, Lord. We pray for them that you will reach out to them today and that you will touch their lives. 
We also want to pray for those of us who are here, who are grappling with, uh, with deep issues in our own lives. We pray that you will reach out to us this morning, minister to us and encourage us. We thank you, Father, for the privilege of just coming before you and looking to you and entrusting our lives, our all, into your hands. Lord, we cancel anything negative, anything standing in the way, anything that's a hindrance to us. Lord, we pray that now we will focus on you and we will not allow anything to hinder you from speaking into the inner recesses of our own lives. Bless us, Lord, and bless your word today. We pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Colossians chapter 2, we're going to read from verses 1 to 7 here together. I want you to know how much I am struggling for you and for those Laodicea, those at Laodicea, and for all who have not met me personally. My purpose is that they may be encouraged in heart and united in love so that they may have the full riches of complete understanding in order that they may know the mystery of God, namely Christ, in whom are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. I tell you this so that no one may deceive you by fine-sounding arguments, for though I am absent from you in body, I am present with you in spirit and delight to see how orderly you are and how firm your faith in Christ is. So then, just as you received Christ as Lord, continue to live in him, rooted and built up in him, strengthened in the faith as you were taught and overflowing with thanksgiving. So far may God bless the reading of his precious word. In fact this morning we're basically going to just focus on verse 7 but let's just see how far we get here today as we, as we listen to God's word. In a shifting culture it is all too easy to go along with what is popular rather than what is of the Lord. I want to make that statement again. In a shifting culture, it is all too easy to go along with what is popular rather than what is of the Lord and of his kingdom. The false teachers here, we know, we've mentioned them already, but we've got to just go back to that again. The false teachers here were trying to minimize Jesus Christ with their clever philosophies. They probably were not overtly denying Christ, but they were saying that Christ alone was not enough. And that is what the world is saying today, isn't it true? Christ alone is not enough. Paul is stating that they must not, we must not, turn aside to any other so-called human philosophy. Christ provides a full and complete salvation for all who believe in him. Isn't that true? Are you in agreement with that? <laughs> Do not be deceived into believing the, the world who looks into many other places for the treasures of life. And yet Jesus alone is the real treasure. Isn't that true? Well, you're not happy today, eh? 
You're not even in agreement. The true test of a person's confession of faith, though, and this is what we're going to deal with here, is the life that they live. We should not say we follow Christ with our mouth, yet deny him in our living. It is not enough to know a lot about Christ. Many people know a lot about Christ. Many evangelicals, because we're exposed to so much of Christ all the time, and we, we know a lot about Christ, but it's not about knowing a lot about him. It's, it's about having a deep and intimate relationship with him. Isn't that true? <laughs> it's not about knowing enough about Christ or a lot. We may apply what we know, and, and we must, in fact, not even may, we must apply what we know to how we live at all times. Sadly, some do not persevere. They grow bitter at God because of their trials. Some get sucked into a roller coaster of emotions. And here Paul is speaking about this. But before we get to that, some get sucked into a roller coaster of emotions. Others settle in for routine Christianity. And I want to say this, if you just have a routine relationship with the Lord, only on a Sunday, for instance, and on the, during the week you just live your life just as you please, then that's, that's not good enough for the Lord. Imagine the Lord has a routine relationship with you. I wouldn't want the Father to have a routine relationship with me. But, uh, you know, others just settle for routine Christianity where they just go through the motions. And how many of us are just going through the motions? And Paul is urging them to continue to live in him. We read that there in Scripture. Continue to live in him. And what Paul was saying is, following Christ is a lifelong commitment. Not a temporary commitment. And this is why he says to these people, continue to be faithful in difficult times. Verses 2a. Continue loving, to be loving in all relationships. Verses 2b. Continue to be growing in knowledge and understanding. Verses 2c. Continue to be discerning in confusing times. Verses 4. And here Paul describes what this walk looks like. And we're going to go into it. the first point here this morning. This walk deepens your spiritual roots. Verse 7. This walk deepens your spiritual roots. When we are rooted in Christ, there will be no way that the things of this world or the troubles of this life will uproot us. We can stand tall with our Roots planted deep. No matter the circumstances. Isn't that true? However many of us have planted ourselves in things other than Jesus. I want to ask you, and it's on, in your notes there, where are your roots this morning? Are your roots in people? Well, the best of people are fallible. Isn't that true? Even if you think you're the best, you are still fallible, eh? We are the best, though. We are the best of God's creation. But we are still fallible. Yes. Are your roots in people? 
Are your roots in your possessions? Are your roots in your bank account? Are your roots in social media of the followers, those who are following you on social media or social media following, rather? Eh? Are, your, uh, are your roots in your job this morning? Are your roots in making comparisons with others and comparing yourself with others? You don't have to. You are the best already. You are a masterpiece. You can't get better than you are. <laughs> yes, you can. In the Lord, the Lord takes you further and beyond. But who you are is what the Lord has created. And He's just busy shaping you and making you into the person that you should be in Him. But the opposite to being orderly, and verse 5 speaks about that, being orderly and firm in our faith would be to would be to be haphazard. You know, understand that word? Slap dash. What's another word? <laughs> you know, just I just don't care. I just do it my way. I'm not all, I'm very disorganized in my life. I'm haphazard. Undependable, unreliable, impulsive, and unstable. Now my question here this morning is which terms best describe your Christian walk today? Is it, are you haphazard in your walk with the Lord, or are you firm? Is everything about you, are you focused on your feelings, your moods? Is it all, always reaction-based, your relationship and your walk with the Lord? Or is it profound, other, in other words, deep, or superficial, or shallow? Where do you stand this morning with the Lord? Is your Christian walk visible? Or is it vague? In other words, is it noticeable? Is it obvious to others? Are you soaring as a child of God? Or are you sinking? Are you dipping? Are you dropping? Are you drifting? Or are you growing this morning? You know where you stand with the Lord this morning. It will speak for itself if you are rooted in him. We are not rooted and stable in Christ when we follow the wisdom of the world and do what we think is best. It's not about what I think is best. It's what the Lord wants for me that is best. Are your spiritual roots expanding deeper and broader in Christ daily? Deeper and broader. In other words, are you making an, an impact daily for Christ? Well, what has been happening in your life? Yeah, people are quiet today. Eh? Am I still, are, are you still with me? Deep roots will give us a strong foundation to withstand the trials and challenges of life. A weak root will be pulled out when the simplest of problems arise. But you know, the other thing about this, when I'm not deeply rooted, I become a drifter. <laughs> now, drifters in the Christian life go from place to place to sample many things. Are you like that? I want to sample this, then I want to sample that. <laughs> but... Unfortunately, I never take root. I never grow deeper in my walk with the Lord. Judas was a drifter, can you remember? 
who did not find it necessary to, uh, to root or to take root in Jesus Christ. When he needed roots, he did not have any. If we are going to talk the talk, brothers and sisters, we must also walk the walk. When we follow the Lord, there are parts of you that, that will have to go. If you, if you are going to talk the talk and walk the walk, if you avoid giving up those things, you are limiting the Lord from working in your life the way he intends to. Many today talk the talk and act like they are doing God's will, but in reality, they are not. Talk is cheap, eh, they say. But I want to say this, you have to walk the talk. If someone is constantly complaining and telling you what you should be doing, <laughs> I want to say this to you. If they're constantly complaining and telling you what you should be doing, more likely they are not authentic. If they are authentic, they would come alongside you, build you up. Not complain about you, build you up. They will, they, they will be an encouragement to you. Because they are authentic. And anybody who is authentic, you don't have to say a word. People can see it in your life, in your walk with the Lord. They can see the, the authenticity there. The best leaders, they say, lead by example. Are you leading your home by example? Are you leading your family? Are you leading others? Are you an example to them this morning? You have to walk the talk. I ask the question here this morning, is there anybody ready to walk it out? This face in Christ Jesus. Ready to go into the unknown if you need to go into the unknown. Trusting the Lord. Ready to go into your destiny, into a deeper level of God's presence, authority, and blessings. Ready to walk away from distractions and hindrances. Ready to leave your comfort zone and surroundings that have been weighing you down. What is it that you need to walk away from? That is a problem today. The Lord is saying, are you ready to walk out and honor me? Are you ready to honor him this morning? But secondly, spoke, we just spoke about deepens your spiritual roots. Question is, how deep are your roots in him this morning? How strong are your roots in him? How focused are you on him this morning? But secondly, this walk builds a life that lasts. A life where your testimony lost, a life where your impact lost, in other words, a life where your influence lost. After the roots have taken, the time comes for the plant, isn't it, to build up its stems and, and leaves so as to be able to bear the fruit that it needs to. What then does it mean to be built up in Christ? 
Our Lord told the story of two kinds of boulders, and we've got to go there. <laughs> we all know the story of those two boulders. Those who build their houses on sand, or those who build their lives on sand. And, and, though, and also those who build their, their houses on rock, those who build their lives on rock. In Luke chapter 6, verses 46 to 49, these houses were basically built with the same structure, the same design, out of, the, out of basically the same materials. There was only one basic difference between those two houses or those two lives, if we could put it in those words. The people on the outside could not see it, but the builders knew it. The person who was building on shifting sand knew it, that that is where they were building. That is what their lives were like. One house was built on a firm foundation. Another was built on a faulty foundation. One house had a solid foundation. Should we say one life to make it more personal? And one life had a shifting foundation. The house that was built on the sand was left in great ruins. I don't know if you ever visited Zimbabwe. There's a place called, they call the ruins. It's probably places you know. Uh, you know, it's people. Uh, people often visit that, but I'm not going to refer to that here. I'm just. I want to refer to the fact that when your life is messed up and in ruins, how do you make an impact? What is going to happen further as you move on? In fact. It was in such great ruins that the foundation of the man building on shifting sand, the foundation was of no worth. Those who build on rock experience victory, while those who build on sand experience defeat, because they build on human philosophies and abilities and they become counterfeit, what we call counterfeit Christians. And I tell you, it's sad when I am a counterfeit Christian. You know, counterfeit Christian is not real. You're not real, in other words. Become counterfeit Christians. Now, now counterfeit Christians cannot hope to resist any storm when it comes because their foundation is very fragile your foundation fragile this morning? Where do you stand with him today? We ought to be everyday rock-solid Christians. Are you that this morning? You may have been building, though, on a faulty foundation, but I'm here to encourage you because here, yeah, let's speak about building to, for a life that lasts. So you may be this morning you may have been building on a faulty foundation, but there is hope for you. But to encourage you this morning as well. There's hope for you. In Genesis 12, we read about Abraham. Eh? It was not Abraham yet, but it was Abraham. God says to Abraham, the one that is from the wrong side of the tracks. He was from the wrong side of the tracks. Someone who seems to have a lot of baggage coming with him. The one that does not come from a proper family. 
messed up family, the son of a famous idolater, Abram. The Lord says to him, I'm going to bless you. I'm going to use you. That's when we talk about building up, eh? We have been built up. The Lord says, I'm here to build you up. Wherever reconstruction is needed, I'm there to do that for you. I'm going to bless you. I'm going to use you. That's what the Lord is saying to us this morning. You need to understand something about your DNA this morning. Your makeup, in other words. Eh? DNA determines everything about you from your head to your toes. <laughs> the main role of DNA molecules is the long-term storage of information. We know that. We've learned that already. Within this complex structure is all the information about us, good and bad. Did you hear that? Within this complex makeup, is a hidden gene that links you and I to God. Genesis 1 verse 26. And let us make man in our own image and in our own likeness. Even though sin has separated us from God, he devised a plan that would jumpstart and reactivate his DNA in us. Did you know that? Are you aware of that? That plan came in the form of Christ dying for us, shedding his blood for us, taking our sin upon himself. It was that blood transfusion. Oh, let me just get hold of this. It was that blood transfusion. That blood transfusion at the cross that reactivated my place and your place as sons and daughters of the living God. Isn't that amazing? Reactivated my place as a son, as a daughter of God. No longer am I an outsider when I become his child, but an insider. My path has changed. No longer am I in the dark. I am in the light. I want you to hear this this morning. I have an inheritance, and all his promises apply to me. I have been authorized and deputized to use the name of Jesus, to carry the name of Jesus wherever I go. Isn't that amazing? And you know, when I think of the name of Jesus, darkness and evil has to bow at that name wherever I carry his name. 
He blesses us and chooses to work through us even though we have so little to offer him. That's why he comes to build us up. We have so little to offer him and he blesses us and chooses to fulfill his purposes in us. All he ever needs is just us because he plans to make something out of us. The word make in Hebrew is a word of creativity, bara, B-A-R-A, bara. It implies something being brought into being when nothing was available. Creation implies that there is nothing available and then God reaches into the availability of nothing. Puts his hand into nothing. Grabs it. Takes hold of it and grab something out of nothing and make something out of the nothing that was available. Now that sounds so complicated, eh? but that's what the Hebrew meaning of bara is. Grab something out of nothing, although nothing is available, and make something of it. We serve a God who specializes in taking nothing and making something isn't that wonderful? God reached into the nothingness of your life and fashioned something out of you. Something that would show forth His praises, His glory. Something that would show forth who He really is. He has been working on you before you arrived on the scene. How do you like that? <laughs> That's what Isaiah 49 verse 1 said. Eh? Before you were born, I called you. From your birth, I made mention of your name. Jeremiah 1.5, we know that verse. Before you were born, I knew you. I knew about you. He can take those of us that were born with, I'm going to put it in this word, and I hope you get the picture here. I hope you understand what we mean here. He can take those of us that were born with plastic spoons in our mouths and make them silver, in other words. You didn't get that, eh? Your yesterday that you keep on trying to wish away you do not have to be ashamed of it. You do not have to be ashamed of your background because it is everything that you have been through that has qualified you for what God is making of you. He has been directing the drama of your life the entire time. How do you think you have come out of some things? Because just about the time that the problem was going to take you out, you know what happened? The director of the drama 
stood up and said, cut. How do you like that? He said, cut. Those relationships, circumstances and setbacks took something out of you, yes. But it did not take you out. Because the director said, cut. Isaiah 54, 17, we know that. Right? No weapon forged against you will prosper. Some of you are in a post-production, uh, what we call uh, are in post-production. Now, this is, a, this is just a, move, a term for move, making movies. It is when all the filming is done and the finished product is put together. Then they see the real picture. Are you with me? You do not know it yet. It's almost like the Lord says, you do not know it yet. But it is all about to come together. You are just a post-production right now. Ecclesiastes 7 verse 8. Better is the end of a thing than the beginning thereof. And people, that's where we're going to end today. We're going to do the rest of that, strengthen your faith, and overflowing with gratitude. We'll go, we will do it next week. So we'll keep you in suspense as far as verse 7 is concerned. But we're going to stop right there this morning. Better is the end of a thing than the beginning thereof. I don't know whether you are in post-production this morning. I don't know what setbacks you have been dealing with and what setbacks are there are in your life this morning. But I pray this morning that you will allow the powerful hand of the Lord to bring deliverance and to touch your life in an amazing way. Amen. Let's pray together. Father, we want to thank you for this day. And we want to thank you for these moments. We want to honor you for your faithfulness. And today, Lord, we ask that you guide us, that you keep us, that you bless us, and that you fulfill your purposes with us. There is no one like you. None can compare with you, Lord. And we thank you, Lord, that you were willing to lay down your life for us and give our lives purpose, meaning, and direction. And Father, I pray that we will seek to walk rooted in you, deeply rooted in you. We will allow you, our creator, to build us up into the powerful instruments you are able to use in an amazing way. Bless us today, Lord. Continue with us further. We pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen.